This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, May 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Agency pulls twin tunnel plants. Ag San Francisco Sioux Water Board again. Democrats build climate agenda and immigration problems drive up worker age. State does a hard reset on water fix. Reboots with a single tunnel. California is officially withdrawing plans for the Twin Tunnels project known as WaterFix and will begin drafting plans for a single tunnel. The State Natural Resources Agency announced yesterday it has taken formal steps to withdraw the proposed permits. The new environmental review and planning process for the downsized project will take up to three years to complete and will be significantly less expensive than the previously proposed project. That according to the Department of Water Resources. Farmers along the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta have called the project a water grab by Southern California municipalities and have said a massive conveyance system like this would increase the salinity of the Delta water, which they use for irrigation. The Westlands Water District dealt a major blow to the project when its board voted in 2017 not to participate in water fix. Environmental groups have long opposed the project over concerns that reduced water levels in the Delta would harm native fish populations. Barbara Berrigan Perella, the director of the conservative group Restore the Delta, was extremely pleased by the news. The primary beneficiary of the project would be the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. District General Manager Jeffrey Knightliger said in February it was imperative that we move forward rapidly and have no Delta fix imperils all of California. Yesterday he added that the district is pleased the administration has reaffirmed a strong commitment to modernize the state's water delivery infrastructure. Fulfilling two promises, Governor Gavin Newsom said in his forum, his state of the state address in February, he would reduce the size of the project. He also signed an executive order earlier this week to build a climate resilient water portfolio for the state. Now, on that note, the director and first appointee for the water portfolio program will be a public affairs expert. Nancy Vogel has been leading communication strategies for Conservation Group Resources Legacy Fund. She has had communication roles with the Natural Resources Agency and the Department of Water Resources as well. Vogel spent nearly two decades as a reporter at the Los Angeles Times and the Sacramento Bee before joining state government. The good news for water, the late spring snowpack is nearly double the amount of an average year, 188%. That is according to the final snow survey of the year for Phillips Station. The statewide snowpack is at 144% of average, the fifth largest on record. The Department of Water Resources also captures hundreds of manual readings throughout the year, along with a network of electronic gauges and satellite imagery. Ag Districts, San Francisco, Sioux Water Board over Wetlands Rules. The San Joaquin Tributaries Authority alleged the State Water Resources Control Board violated state and federal laws by enacting the new wetlands definition and procedures. The claim said regulating wetlands as a water of the state mandates farmers comply with costly water quality regulations, according to Courthouse News. The Water Coalition includes the City of San Francisco and Modesto and South San Joaquin Irrigation Districts. Now keep in mind... The lawsuit comes one month after the State Water Resources Control Board approved a new definition of wetlands in California. 
The ruling came after months of tense negotiations between the board, environmental groups, and ag interests. The final resolution included an exemption for actively farmed fields and many routine dredge and fill activities on farms. San Francisco also sued the board in January over its decision to reduce river flows to the city in the Bay Delta plan approved in December. Democrats tee up climate debate. Congressional Democrats are setting the stage for campaigning in 2020 on climate change. In the Senate, Democrats have released a plan for overhauling the nation's energy tax policy, replacing the existing tax incentives for biodiesel and next-generation biofuels. Under the legislation, tax incentives for transportation fuels would be tied to a life-cycle analysis of their greenhouse gas emissions, which includes emissions from producing the source crops. The incentive could go as high as a dollar a gallon, but that would be restricted to fuels with zero or net negative emissions. The tax credit or biodiesel, which the industry is trying to get restated by Congress, would go away. Tax breaks for oil and gas production would also be eliminated. Why it matters. The plan isn't going anywhere in this Congress, but it shows what leading Democrats would do if they get control of Congress and the White House. Now, this approach could dovetail with a low-carbon fuel standard, such as the one that California uses, to reduce emissions from its transportation sector. The top Democrat of the Senate Finance Committee, Oregon's Ron Wyden, is the bill's lead sponsor. The co-sponsors include Debbie Stabenow, senior Democrat on Senate Ag. In the meantime, the House yesterday passed a bill that would force President Trump to keep the United States in the Paris Climate Agreement. Only three Republicans voted for the measure. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced that he had no intention putting the measure on the Senate floor. But keep in mind, Democrats know bills like this won't pass, but they did get House members on the record on an issue that will likely play very well with young voters. Ag mentioned, before the final vote, the House adopted an amendment that ensured the U.S. could use voluntary agriculture practices to store soil carbon and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Well, not just farmers are aging. The average age of the nation's farm workers is rising, and the increase is driven entirely by the aging of immigrant laborers, according to a USDA study. The average age of foreign-born workers rose from 35.7 in 2006 to 41.6 in 2017. The overall age of U.S. farm workers, including U.S.-born employees, increased from 35.8 to 38.8. Authors of the study say the increase in the average age of foreign workers reflects the slowdown in immigration. By the way, the share of farm workers who are female has risen from 19.5% to 25%, or basically one out of every four workers. But UC Davis professor Daniel Sumner points out that may be due to the ag census adding the chance for up to four operators at a farm to be included. High Court may not buy EPA shift on water regulation. EPA's draft conclusion that Congress intentionally excluded releases of pollutants to groundwater from regulation under the Clean Water Act probably won't get much deference from the Supreme Court, that according to panelists at a conference on CWA issues. The High Court has accepted for review a Ninth Circuit Court decision finding treated wastewater that makes its way to the Pacific Ocean through groundwater is covered by the Clean Water Act. The court is, quote, unlikely to give much weight to this memo. 
Southern Environmental Law Center attorney Frank Holloman said of the EPA position. Amanda Waters, counsel for the National Association of Clean Water Agencies, agreed, though she, unlike Holloman, thought the EPA statement was a sound analysis of the issue. Elbert Lynn of Hunt and Andrews Kurth, who represents Maui County on the Supreme Court case, declined to discuss a possible settlement in the case, which would scuttle the Supreme Court arguments. Keep in mind, EPA's interpretation is directly contrary to the one it took in the Maui County litigation in the Ninth Circuit, when it said the CWA discharge permit program does cover pollutants that travel from a point source to a surface water through groundwater. Here's today's He Said It. Lobbyists who earned six figures working for elite environmental groups and their one percenter donors can afford to buy Teslas. But low and zero emission automobiles are still too pricey for most Californians. That assembly member Jim Frazier of Solano in a Cal Matters op-ed describing frustrations in negotiating bills with the California Sierra Club. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, May 3rd, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.